the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. If you have your Bibles with you on this morning, and you should, I want to invite your attention to Romans chapter 5. In the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul writes these words, beginning at verse 1 of chapter 5. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, who has, uh, rather, was given to us. For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that. But we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Amen and amen. Would you pray with me, Father in heaven, we bless you on this morning. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for keeping us, God. Thank you for your word. And even now, God, I'm praying that your spirit will be in the midst, that you might speak clearly through these lips of clay words, God, of life that might draw someone out of darkness and into the marvelous light. Father, speak a word to that one that's struggling this morning, who's disenfranchised, who's disconnected, who've walked away from the fellowship, God, who are out of fellowship with you. God, I'm praying you speak a word that would draw them back into fellowship with you and cause them, God, to renew the broken fellowship. Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying for that one who's discouraged on today, the one who's weary and worn and ready to throw in the towel. I pray that a word comes, God, that encourages them to keep on running and to see what the end shall be. Father, someone just needs to know that you're with them, that you've got them, that you're covering them, that all shall be well. So speak a word 
God, in the midst of our sermonic exposition today, that someone might be encouraged in your word. Lord, I'm praying most of all that you would get glory and honor and praise out of all that is said out of these lips of clay. God, guide my tongue and keep my mind. Allow me to think clearly. Allow me to speak clearly. Allow your word, God, to be clear in the hearing of your people in such a way that they would know that they have heard the very oracle of God. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll give you glory. We'll give you honor. And we'll give you praise. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. In our passage that we have here in front of us this morning, Romans chapter 5, Romans being the book uh, that uh, kind of uh, is identified as the most exhaustive of the books of the Bible that give the most clear and uh, methodical uh, exposition of how it is one might come from sin to salvation. Um, it, it, it gives us a clear pathway, if you will, so that we might know without a shadow of a doubt that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It helps us to understand that salvation is not uh, by our works, but rather by the gift that God provides through his son. And that as a result, not only uh, were we all guilty of sin, but we deserve death. And as a result of that, uh, God, through his son, provided for us eternal life. So even though the wages of sin were death, the gift of God came to us in the form of eternal life. In this particular passage this morning, uh, there, Paul makes clear that there are, as a result of the, our, our justification, that is, our being declared forensically clean before God, as a result of that, we inherited, if you will, at least three uh, benefits. Uh, one is that we have peace with God. Our justification, our de- being declared forensically clean before God, afforded us, uh, first and foremost, peace with God. And then as a result of our peace with God relationship, that relationship of peace with God gave us access by grace into the presence of God. And finally, we know for 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 clarity that as a result of our justification, we also have hope. And so those three things are very clear in the text and we looked at those. And so, but in light of all of these benefits that we possess, in light of all of this uh, 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 graciousness that God uh, pours upon the redeemed, uh, justified saints of God, what do you say to someone who's uh, in a time as this uh, to encourage them? What do, how do you, how do you uh, speak into their lives uh, as a means to encourage those who are traveling through life and dealing with uh, life's pain and struggle and sufferings and shame and turmoils and uncertainties and anxieties and tribulations? What do you say to a person who's going through all of that? Well, I've turned to this particular passage. God led me here, and I'd say to them what I would say as a means of my title for this message on today. And the message I want to, I want to entitle this message this morning, uh, the fingerprints of God are on it. That's the means by which I would encourage someone who's going through all of life's mess, all of this, this Christian, this saint, this sanctified, justified person of God. I would say to them and I would remind them that the fingerprints of God are all on it. Ah, 
We have learned and we've been taught over probably our lifetime, we've heard it said that no two people have the same fingerprints. All of our fingerprints are unique. All of them are distinguished uh, by lines and movements and rises and falls and ridges on our fingers. But no two people, not even uh, identical twins, have uh, the same fingerprints. Everybody, we've been taught, has, this, has a different set of fingerprints. And as a result of that, the judicial system has utilized fingerprints prior to DNA becoming so popular. They've used fingerprints to identify the perpetrators of crimes. In fact, not only to identify the perpetrators, of crime, but they've also utilized fingerprints to identify whether or not the presence of someone had ever been on the scene. In other words, if I pull your fingerprints out of somebody's bedroom, it doesn't mean you were there when the crime happened, but it does mean you were there. Y'all still here with me? And so we've utilized this in the criminal justice system to help us to identify these, uh, these various things. And I also learned in the process of my research of fingerprinting that uh, fingerprinting, as much as it is uh, uh, unique to each and every individual, I also discovered that when they do the fingerprinting process, the, the latent fingerprintists, they would actually do fingerprints. But if they do only one fingerprint, it's only 98.6% accurate. But if they get four prints or more, now you're up to 99.9% accuracy. It used to be a time when they actually said it was 100%, but now they've given at least some grace. And so they say if they've got four fingerprints or more, 99.9% accuracy that it was you that was there. And so what I want to say to you this morning is that when we look at our situations and our circumstances, as we walk through this life as justified, born again, sanctified children of the living God, I want you to know that God's fingerprints are all on it. Y'all still here with me? As I delve into this text, he first of all tells us that, uh, that, that, that we've been justified by faith uh, and have peace with God. Uh, I want you to uh, walk with me through here just a little bit. And he says, we've got peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we also have access by faith into his grace, which we stand. Verse three says, not only that, but we glory in tribulations. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, pastor. I thought you said we were having all this joyous time. I thought you, I thought you said we were, we had peace. I thought we had, I thought you said we, we had, uh, you know, all these benefits and all this stuff. Yeah, we have all that, but we also have tribulation. And I want you to hear this, this morning that his fingerprints are on our tribulation. Paul says to the born again, justified Christian, that we are standing and rejoicing whoa, in hope that's the high side of our relationship. But also we're rejoicing and we have the ability to rejoice in our tribulations and glory in our tribulations. And how is that possible? And I'd say it's possible because his fingerprints are on it. And it's because as we go through life and as we see evidences of the fingerprints of God, it's we're, 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 able to, we're able to glory in our tribulations when we realize that what I'm going through, God has his hands on. Lord, help me here. Uh, as I looked at uh, another of Paul's letters in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, one who could speak clearly to this matter, the Apostle Paul, when he had a thorn in his flesh, he says, I went to the Lord on three occasions and I asked God to remove this thorn from me. I, I asked God to take this tribulation away from me. I asked God to take this pain away from me. I asked God that this part of life might be removed from me. I asked God that I might be able to just have peace and not pain. 
praying. I asked God that I might, he might do something in the midst of my problem. And, and, and then watch this. This is what the Lord said to me. And I, I'll say to you in the same way that Paul uh, had to deal with this issue of the thorn in the flesh. We can still glory in our tribulations when we look like Paul looked and find out that his grace is still sufficient. Sufficient grace keeps showing up in the middle of our pain. Sufficient grace keeps showing up in the middle of our mess. Sufficient grace keeps showing up when we don't have food to put on the table. When we don't know whether or not we're going to make it through a week, sufficient grace keeps giving us enough to make it through another day. One day, then another day, then another day, and before you know it, you've made it through a a week, and when you look back over the week, you see the fingerprints of God's grace on your life, and his grace was sufficient for you, and you know it wasn't because of you, but you know it was because of the grace of God that you made it through another week. I, I wish I had a witness of somebody who could say with certainty that I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt the way and the reason why I made it through this week and I didn't lose my mind I didn't go kirk off on somebody is because of the grace of God it was God it was God his fingerprints are all over when I look back over the week it was his amazing grace that kept showing up not only that but Paul says in that same passage in in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 9 he says he says when I was weak then your perfect strength showed up When I didn't have any strength left, when I was ready to give up, when I was waving the white flag, when I was ready to throw in the towel, it was sufficient. It was sufficient grace that showed up, but it was awful perfect strength that showed up because I didn't have any strength. And I know it wasn't me that made it through. I know that it wasn't me that that got, got me up that next day because I didn't have strength. I wanted to stay in the bed. I wanted to turn on my head. I wanted to put my face to the wall. But God gave me enough strength to get up for another day. God gave me enough strength. He, and his strength was perfect. It was perfect strength. And so when I look back over that, I see his fingerprints in the strength that was given to me even when I was weak. But Paul goes on to say, when I'm at my weakest, then am I strong because the fingerprints of God are in my tribulation. And then I was thinking through this thing and I thought, you know what, we go through all kinds of tribulations, we go all kinds of struggles and, and we look back and, and, and I need us to understand that the fingers prints of God are on our tribulation for even when we're thrown into the fiery furnace of life and, and, and we're, we feel like we're going to burn up because the fire has been turned up hotter, seven times hotter than it's supposed to be. Even when we're going through that, I see the fingers prince of God on the perpetrators who desired to destroy me and I see God moving to destroy them instead of destroying me and I realize it's his fingerprints that are on this hot fire situation I realize it's God's fingerprints that's walking with me through the fire I realize it's God's fingerprints that I'm going to come out with on me and not the smoke from the fire I realize God's fingerprints are all on my tribulation it's God it's because of him. His, his, it's this proof in the pudding that he is the one who brings me through. His fingerprints are all over it. And another reason I know that is his fingerprints that are on it instead of mine and instead of yours. It's because as we read through that text here in uh, verse number three of chapter five in Romans, it says, not only that, but we glory in tribulations, knowing, watch this, that tribulation 
produces perseverance. And then perseverance, character, or patience, character, and then character, hope. Well, here's another reason why and how you can see the fingerprints of God on your situation. Because as you go through tribulation, watch this, instead of you growing bitter, you grow better. Lord have mercy. The the objective of the tribulation in many occasions is to take you down and to cause you to become bitter and to cause you to become fearful and to cause you to become afraid and filled with anxiety. But instead of that happening, instead of that negative thing happening to you, Paul says what happens to us that are born again, what happens to us who are children of the living God, what happens to us who are justified by faith, what happens to us is instead of that perseverance creating fear and anxiety that perseverance or rather that 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 tribulation is producing patience and character and hope just the opposite and so even in that I see that the fingerprints of God are on it the fingerprints of God are not only on our tribulations but I would also suggest as we look further in the text it says verse 5 now hope does not disappoint Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. I would also say that the hope that we have, his fingerprints are on our hope. Someone may say to you or say to me, and they may say, well, how how can we have hope in the midst of such tribulational times? How can we have hope in COVID? How can we have hope with cancer? How can we have hope when there's death and disaster and pain and persecution? How can we have hope? And right here in the middle of Romans, Paul answers the question. The answer is because the fingerprints of God are on our hope. Lord, have mercy. See, the unbeliever looks at you and looks at me and looks at the believer and says, how can you have hope when things are going so wrong? And my answer to the unbeliever is because, oh, Jesus, as I look at the the matter as I evaluate the circumstance I see that my hope is based on the fingerprints of God being in it stay here with me he goes on he says hope does not disappoint it's right there in the text Uh, we have hope now hope does not disappoint why doesn't it disappoint Uh, the hope that we have is not in vain it's not empty hope it's not hope just in hope and and in hoping no it's, it's hope that has a basis It does not disappoint because it is a result of the love of God that's been poured out into our hearts. The hope that we have is not a result of something that we've conjured up. No, the hope we have is because God's love has been poured in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Lord, help me, God. And our hope that we, that we shall survive, our hope that we shall overcome, our hope that we shall be delivered, our hope that, that tribulation and judgment won't take us out, won't destroy us. Our hope is a valid hope because God has poured his love on us. Stay here, stay here. And it won't disappoint for it comes from the love of God and his fingerprints of of love are all over the hope we have the hope you have is not because you see things looking good the hope you have is because God has poured love in your heart when God poured Lord love in your heart it transformed you from sinner to saint when God poured hope in your heart watch this when he poured love in your heart it transformed your eternal destiny from hell to heaven 
when God, Lord help me, when he poured his love into your heart, it transitioned your whole disposition because now everything has changed. When there was no hope, now you have hope because of his love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe on him should not perish but have everlasting life. He poured that into your hearts. He poured it through the Holy Spirit in and unto those who are the justified, as he talks about in this text. When we were still without strength, if I can read on, verse 6, it says, For when we were still without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. When we had no strength, when we had no capability, we had no hope, There was no hope because we had no capability of escaping the judgment of God that was yet to come. We had no ability to redeem ourselves. We had no ability to buy, purchase, or acquire a ticket to heaven on our own. We were hopeless. But when we were hopeless, the text says, when we were still without strength in due time. I like that. That that due time is 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 the divine time of God. Lord, have mercy. And I know for some folk, you're praying for loved ones and you're praying for friends to finally get it together. And you're praying that they might finally come to Christ. I want you to know in due time. Don't stop praying. Don't don't give up because even in your own life, no, they, they kept praying for you. They, they kept hope alive for you. And in due time, for everyone who's a born again child of God justified by the faith in God, in due time it came. I love it. I love it. I love it. He says for in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Christ coming into the world through 42 generations and being born of a virgin and living 33 years. And at that appointed time after the 30, in the midst of the 33 years, at, and at the due time, he died. Why did he die? He died so that our hope might have his fingerprints all over it. My God. And so when we were still at our strength, we had nothing. We had nothing at all. We, we, he, he, no, no means to redeem ourselves. His fingerprints came and he died. And God, watch this. God was at his death demonstrating to us that he loved us. It's right there in the text. I'm not making this part up. It's, it's there. For when we were still at our strength at due time, he died for us. And... He gives this example, scarcely for a righteous man, one would die. Yet, perhaps for a good man, someone might even dare to die. But God demonstrated his own love for us when, not when we were good men, not when we were just men, but when we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When we were sinners who, uh, according to Romans 3.23, all of us were, and and when we, according to Romans 6.23, all of us deserve to die because the wages, the payment for our sin was death. When we were in that condition, and according to Ephesians 2.8.9, there was nothing we could do because salvation is by grace through faith, not of works lest anyone should boast. When we were in a position when there was no hope for us and nothing we could do, guess what? God provided hope for us by demonstrating his love for us, by dying on a cross for us that we might have hope. So my hope has his fingerprints on it. All over it. His fingerprints are all on it. He died for us. Much more. 
than having now been justified by his blood. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together. And we invite you to join us in person for one of our spirit-filled worship services, Sundays at 10 a.m. at the Legacy Center, located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland, or virtually via our website, Facebook, and YouTube. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.